Hey, welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Plambeck, and Steph Romanski. Bread, bread instead pesto. of instead of burnt ham. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And what is pesto? <laughs> basil, basil. Um, <laughs> I got yelled at for saying basil because it's basil, Stephanie. <laughs> um, <laughs> garlic, basil? pine nuts, or walnuts, <laughs> olive oil, and salt and pepper. Okay, so it's not pasta. It's okay. yummy. Okay. I think that's gonna be the basil. Basil. It's like a, a Brita saying bagel on the uh, <laughs> community. You Britted it. You totally Britted it. <laughs> I am not a verb. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Atomic Way to Cheese, where real life is called cinema. Cult cinema is frequently real life. I'm Mike. And Steph. Seriously, do you guys think Faye and Everett are okay? And, well, they're certainly in a spaceship. Okay. <laughs> are they, though? <laughs> Either that or they're little dust particles flying around. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, no. no, actually, I think I got to confirm because I've kind of, that movie has kind of been my obsession, existential crisis for the past few weeks. And, the uh, Vast of Night. The Vast of Night. and the um, of our last podcast. Right. And I watched a couple of uh, of uh, question, or Q&As with the director. Who kind of looks like Alan Moore, which I think is kind of oh, neat. Oh no! And no, basically the gist of it is they they did get abducted at the end. Spoilers, but um, good. So that made me happy. It and I did. A, yeah, and I found out how they did that shot too. How they do the shot? It was well part of the shot. They did a go kart running from like the <laughs> some kid's go kart from that town. They barred it. They had the cameraman laying on it. He was driving along at like 40 mile an hour, and they like kept passing the camera off. But yeah, I was about to say it gains elevation as right, it goes. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking like they had the they had the go kart from the from the telephone operator to the school, passed the camera off through the school, came out the other side, put it back on the go kart and took it the rest of the way to so the radio. Did they station. just have a bunch of people with steady cams or what? Basically, yeah, it was like on a gimbal and they just oh like God. had like lights hidden everywhere so you didn't see the shadows of the of the go kart anywhere oh, and everything. Oh, so, that is so clever. So but anyway, yeah, so 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 yeah, if they had ever are okay. Just they are somewhere beyond yeah. beyond. Which is probably where they should be. So right. yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well we're gonna take a hard right turn, hard left turn. <laughs> and uh uh you know we didn't really talk about which one we're doing. <laughs> We've got two ideas for podcasts. God damn it. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. All right. So let, let's see if we can cut that part. And maybe cut that So we're going to take a hard right turn. <laughs> Hard left turn, whatever. And uh, we're going to do a uh, we, the uh, the FX show, What We Do in the Shadows, just ended a couple weeks ago. And uh, there are two magnificent seasons of this absolutely magnificent show that I think we all have enjoyed. That, uh, to be honest, got me and my family through a good bit of uh, of uh, self quarantine because yep. of COVID. I, I love this show. I think you all love this show. I like the show better than the movie. Yes, I, I agree, I, but we'll get into that. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows today, which is both a movie uh, starring and directed by Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement, and the FX TV show uh, created by Jermaine Clement, starring a bunch of people you haven't heard of and Matt Berry. So, <laughs> but, but, but. <laughs> so that's the subject for our podcast today. I think we'll start off with the movie. So, like, what was your your first exposure to to the movie? And like, you, did you jump on? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you jump on the bandwagon earlier or what? Yeah. I loved it the first time I saw it, but it was also one of those movies where I'm like, 
I want to watch that again because I remember this one funny part. I want to see it again. And then, <laughs> then it's like, I want to watch it again for that werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> and then I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Reese Darby is a funny dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I watched it, and again, this is this is me. It's not the movie. I thought it was really funny, but like there in the movie, there's just like one major buzzkill moment for me, and it's just me. And it I won't necessarily say it ruined the film, but it kind of took a little bit of the fun out of it. It's I don't know what it is. It's that scene where I think it's Watiti's character, and he's right. got the the gal who I finally got my life together. I'm going back to school and everything, and then he kills her and drinks all her blood. Yeah. And I just I just felt really bad for that gal. It's like. <laughs> you prick, you know, what the hell, you know, leave her alone, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and this is something that I think we're going to dive into because there is a pretty big tonal dissonance, I think, between the movie and the TV. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the movie was maybe going for a little bit more of that shock sort of thing because yep. it's got a good bit of gore to it. There's yep. no gore to no, be seen I, all, that, it's, at all. That, that scene part. is very darkly humorous. Like I said, I don't know if it just like hit home for me for some reason, but it's like, you dick, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. And it just kind of, it kind of took me out of the movie. And I never really recovered from it. I think I'd probably need to watch it again is what I really need to do. Mm-hmm. But but, uh, but no, beyond, like I said, the, the characters are great. I love the old spooky vampire in the basement who gets torched. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And the <laughs> square. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say what the two lines from my family are, Peter, you know, that whole bit. And it's like, and he t- took me into the veil of darkness. And this is he does. <laughs> that line. And then the other line is, uh, aside from werewolves, not swearwolves, is... Uh, oh, I'm spacing, but there were a yeah. couple just really, really great ones. And that's, there. to me, that's like, that's one of the best parts because it's like vampires from different ages. Yeah. Of, you know, or different centuries, basically. Being roommates. Right. Being roommates. <laughs> no, and that was it. It, it, was, yeah. it was the cool guy line where yeah. they're having a, having like, a house meeting and yeah. goes, well, we all think you're a cool guy. Oh, good. Can I go? No, we didn't call the meeting to tell you you were a cool guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like real world Transylvania, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And so, but yeah, nope. But yeah, it's one of those movies that holds up that I'll still show to people. But now, instead of the movie, I'm pitching them the TV show, to be honest with you. Because the TV show kind of took that premise of basically vampire roommates via The Office. Because those are kind of the things sure. that smash together. It's yeah. got that, that kind of pseudo-documentary nonsense going on. That Not even pseudo. It is a documentary. Yeah. The, yeah you know? Yeah. And, but, yeah. But would you... Okay. Someone who's never heard of it, you want to show it and... Is it important to see the movie first before you go into the show? I don't think so. I think I, it's I think because it's different characters. Yeah. And, you know, I think you could probably pick up the premise pretty fast. I mean, yeah. it obviously wouldn't hurt to see the movie first. Yeah, it's just that there's some cameos in the show. True, from... true. Yeah, because like, yeah. you're probably going to... Yeah, I think we're going to spoil. I think we're going to spoil. If you haven't seen the show, go watch the show. Come back listen <laughs> to the podcast if that's something you're inclined to do. But yeah, we're going to talk about it. Because yeah, even Wesley Wesley Snipes shows up, which I think. Is oh, funny. oh man. okay. So so <laughs> we'll, we'll start in season one. Season one, we're introduced to the three main characters in the house. You've got Nandor the Relentless, whose line is, "People would say, please relent," and I would say, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and Nandor the Relentless. You've got uh, Nadia, who is kind of a more traditional uh, uh, Transylvanian vampire, 
And then you've got Laszlo. Laszlo right. is played by Matt Berry. And they're a couple. Yeah, and they're a couple. And Matt Berry, I don't think, is incapable of not playing Matt Berry, which is fine. Sure. Because he's great in this role. Uh, they have a familiar whose name is Guillermo, who's probably one of the best characters. Don't forget show. Colin Robinson. And then Colin Robinson. Because to me, it's like, he's one of my favorite parts of the show. It's what he's like, I thought I would hate that guy. Yeah. But I think it's great. <laughs> and, and the theory behind it is Colin Robinson is a different kind of vampire. He's a psychic vampire. Yes, an energy vampire. Yep. Who, who through social interactions drains people's energy. So he basically looks like a middle manager. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and acts like it and uh, sucks your energy through coming yeah. up and saying, hey, like, working hard or hardly working. <laughs> boring boring conversations, you know, and he basically just sucks people dry and they pass out. And I just think that's hysterical. There, there's a bit in season two where I thought his character became a little bit more clear when uh, for for some reason, Laszlo is out of the picture, and he tries to kiss Nadia, and he goes, oh, no, I'm not romantically interested in her. That's just one of the most awkward conversations, or uh, awkward scenarios a person can have. It's delicious. It's like filet <laughs> mignon. I'm like, yes! That is a perfect reading of that character. Yeah. Or the second scene, too, I was like, yeah, not to jump around a lot, but where he gets promoted. Yeah, and so people, it was his episode, it was, his, it was yep, so good. Yep. And, so, and, then he, and so people have to listen to him. <laughs> and so and then he becomes like an an uber vampire because he he gets so much energy that now he can fly and he just and he's like i put the other vampires to sleep in the house too because he sort of becomes the overlord of the house for a bit <laughs> and or laying there hey guillermo come put your neck in my mouth <laughs> Such a good bit. See, for me, the sound for pound, the best Colin Robinson episode is when he comes up against the grief vampire, who is a different permutation of energy oh, vampire, sure. yeah. who uh, preys on your grief instead yeah. of your uncomfortability. Yeah. And so they have a giant fight at one point where they're both flying off the ground and uh, electronics are exploding all around them as they're just screaming benign stuff at each other. Or what's the one episode two where he goes, he gets into it with a troll, and oh, it turns out to be an actual troll. <laughs> And I love the ending, too, where it's like he he, be, he defeats the troll. At least he thinks he did. And he's walking away because it's, the, the sun's coming out, so the troll's turning to stone. Yeah. But then the troll winds up grabbing him yeah. as it turns to stone, so he's stuck. And he's like, oh, God damn yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like two characters. It's like, I didn't think I would like him, and I didn't think I'd like Guillermo. I love Guillermo, yeah. too. <laughs> Guillermo is great. Guillermo's got the most... Uh, arky character arc yep. of all of them because he finds out at the end of season one and again we're spoiling everything that he has Van Helsing blood running through him yep. and is just a super uh, is just a natural vampire yep. killer and w can kill a room full of vampires with hardly breaking a sweat. Liggity split, yeah. Yep. Even though he freaks out as he's doing it which is one of the most endearing yeah, things. Running around killing vampires going, ah! ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's like some kind of conditional training he doesn't even realize what he's doing half yeah, the time. I love it. It's so, really funny too because I was watching it this year and I was watching it and I kind of went through this thing I'm looking at it and I was like is that Fat Neil from Community? Was it? No, it oh, wasn't okay. but it's like he kind of looks like him and I was like yeah. is that Fat Neil? And I looked it up and I was like no it wasn't but Anyway, yeah, no, I just, yeah. Oh, a lot of a lot of great actors bump into this. Sure, thing, though. sure. Like, uh, uh, you've got uh, Vanessa Bayer was the grief vampire. You've got um, uh, Craig Robinson showing up at one point as part of a vampire hunting squad yep. from uh, from The Office. You've got uh, uh, B D Wong from the Avengers movies showing oh, up. Oh yeah, as the two. necromancer. Yeah, the necromancer. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Haley Joel Osment is a yeah. zombie. That right. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he comes. He comes in. He tries to be the new familiar. And he's kind of a he's he's and they he's, like him better than Guillermo they like him better even though even though Guillermo does everything of course because that's Guillermo because everybody shits on Guillermo mm -hmm. and uh, but well a, a quick bit and then we'll dive into the more structured stuff but um I I went and looked on some interviews with the cast 
and when the show was first coming out, so they had just shot season one, they were at Comic-Con. Of course, this was pre-COVID. And the entire staff just naturally shut down the actor who played Guillermo whenever he talked. So, so he would be like, no, it's been great. And they were going to, not now, Guillermo. <laughs> and he was in on it, and it was, yeah. it, it was a yeah. blast. But for someone who hadn't seen the show, it must have seemed like this incredibly rude thing. And then it's this joke that happened after you watched the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I, I urge you to go and look this yeah. up. The other thing, because the guy who plays Nandor, who is this very striking um I believe he's an Egyptian gentleman. I, I can't okay, remember the actor's count. name, but he's got very long hair and he just has kind of almost a natural vampire look, vampire look to him. He wears shorts all the time. Yeah. So he's like wearing these Bermuda and basketball shorts. jerseys. Yeah. And basketball yeah. jerseys, yeah. So he's he's doing these interviews and he just looks like a schlub, but he's yeah. like very striking and it's like this, this, this yeah. great thing that they're doing anyway. And of course, there's always that dissonance too, where they're like these ancient vampires trying to fit into modern times where they get a, 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 a chain email. <laughs> and they freak out about it because they're not sure because they think they're they're all cursed because of the because of, you'll pass this on or or you're 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 doomed you know mm-hmm. and, and of course I think this is when Guillermo earned his days off and so they don't know what to do <laughs> they're just freaking out oh we must find more email addresses yeah. Ellen Robinson give us your email right and the, yeah. and there's just like there's all these like weird and, and um comedy coming out of every Monday things for vampires like um when their yard starts collapsing because of all the dead bodies, all yeah, the gases yeah. escaping from the dead bodies basically are creating all these sinkholes in their yard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we got to deal with that. <laughs> oh, that's the best. So uh, I want to back up just real quick. So, so we've got the first season. The thing that I appreciate about the show and I want to get your guys take on it is, man, does that show hit the ground running? I mean, the characters yeah. are established right away. You don't need to spend any time kind of getting to know who these are. And I think that's a product of yeah. passing people like Matt Berry and uh, uh, some of the people who are just like right away, you've got a familiarity with the character. And also it has, you know, I I love um, like opening credit theme songs and stuff that basically gives you the whole gist of the show, bing, right. bang, boom. And it's like, and like I said, do you need to see the movie? It's like, no, all you really need to do is watch the opening credits. Because it kind of gives you know the, like the pictures of the vampires you know throughout the ages mm-hmm. and how they you know like through the the decades and because I love the scene where um, Nadia and uh, Laszlo are dressed up as punks yeah that's you know great. that kind of thing and you got that great song going and it's like so like I said that just gets you right into it sucks you right in quick quick bit of trivia I downloaded that song from iTunes it's like six minutes long yeah and it just keeps going yep. <laughs> so it's like they took a snippet from a song and it's like oh what a pleasant song and i downloaded it and it's like oh my god this is yeah. the slog in your yeah, life said, yeah it's, 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 it's this old folk song you know and it's, just, yeah. it's really great yeah i don't know where they found it but like six minutes of it is way too you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a third of an episode of this freaking show <laughs> like that vw commercial i was talking about with that great song turns out it's about roman polanski doing terrible things and it's oh, like oh no so anyway but yeah, I, I really like that they set the characters up right away. And the um, what was I going to go? That the 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 situational comedy is like right. I mean, they just they just don't waste any time. And yeah. every time I think I've named an MVP of the show, it changes like three times per episode. Yeah. It's like, oh no, Nadia is the best. Nope, not Nadia. It's what you know. <laughs> yeah. It just follows it to its logical conclusion, which I think is just this idea of like vampires living in modern times dealing with vampire problems and it, you know, it just follows through on it. And it's just, yeah. Yep. And just the absurdity of it is just great. Okay. So season one, do you have a, a, a favorite bit? Cause season one, the, the bit that we talk about all the time is the, uh, the bit where actor Doug, Doug Jones, the fantastic Doug Jones, who of course works with Guillermo del Toro and every, you know, on every movie he yep. does, uh, Doug Jones plays the, the count or no, not the count, the, uh, Duke 
or what is it? The oh, a, a visiting vampire dignitary, okay, whose name is eluding me right now. But anyway, he uh, Baron, the Baron, okay, and he shows up and and goes on a night of the town, and they drink the drug blood, and and all the vampires get very high, and oh, okay, and yep. Andor puts a uh, puts a uh, construction cone on his head and goes, "We drink the drug blood, and now I'm a wizard." <laughs> to the point where. We bought my, uh, I've got a one-year-old uh, nephew, and we found a, a onesie that says that, so we bought that for him. <laughs> He's got a onesie that says, I drank the drug blood, now I'm a wheezer. They're an Athena. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, my favorite episode is the one where they get in trouble with animal control. Oh, man. And Laszlo yeah. winds up in the cage because <laughs> they, they catch him when he's a bat. Yep. <laughs> I like that one, Steph. I, I I think for you it might be the one where they all all the vampires show up. Yeah, I like the the trial. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got Tilda Swinton in it. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Dark greeting. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about it is, oh wait, it also had uh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, yeah, he played a vampire, vampire in the slayer. first Buffy movie. Right. Yeah. yeah they the bring back some of the movie. cast from the original movie, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah, show they up. Now. Yep, Kristen Shaw is there because yeah. she she was big in Flight of the Concords. Yep. Yeah. So the thing about it is that. I love the idea that Taika Waititi is now a Hollywood player and that people will listen to him and do things for him because right. he's going to take advantage of that. And he's going to do weird stuff like bring Wesley Snipes in his, his <laughs> stupid situational vampire comedy. And it's going <laughs> to play. It's going to play really big. And I love that. So then at the end of season one, Guillermo finds out he's a vampire hunter by blood. And season two is basically all about him trying to hide that fact. Right. Because, like, the gist, the gist of Guillermo's character is he's a familiar right now, but they promised at some point they're going to turn him into a vampire, which is what he really wants to be. And that's never going and to happen. And that's never going to it's happen. It's clear by the first episode that's never going to happen. Right. Because, like, he thinks that they do get shit on all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> the, the scene that illustrates that best is when Nandor treats him badly. Uh, he's Nandor's familiar. Nandor right. treats him badly at one point. And uh, apologizes by taking him up into the city and flying him around and then dropping him <laughs> on accident. <laughs> it drops him. He's like, oh, shit. And then the next shot is Guillermo in yeah. basically in traction. Yeah. Because, yeah, cause, like the second season, like I said, yeah, Haley Joe Osment's character comes in. He tries to take over. And then also one of the older familiars shows up. Right, the older guy. Yeah, you remember this? Uh, one of Nandor's very old familiars who had gone on and had like a entire different life as a yeah. grand, grandfather, and now he basically to... he got too old, and because like they promised he would, they promised him he's gonna turn him into a vampire right, too, and they right. never did. But then they left him in Delaware. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, the side of the road mine wiped him. <laughs> it was in... not far away enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes back. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, and then Guillermo meets some more wannabe vampire hunters, which I thought was because like. He was like looking for virgins yeah. for for his masters, and he goes to this thing, and it turns out nope, it's it's a vampire hunter club, <laughs> and he sort of becomes their uh, one, of, one of my favorite joke in that episode is the one one in the vampire club looking around going, guys, I've got an idea. What if we all have sex with each other? No, quit bringing that up. <laughs> and they wind up like going to the Brady Bunch house, and they think they're vampires, and the, well, not, and it turns out yes, they were the whole time. Yeah. And Not just a, vampires, but dozens of them. Dozens yeah. of them, and then it turns into a massacre, and basically Guillermo saves the day. And uh, just God, that show just makes that, me laugh. That episode ends with Nan, and then here's the thing: here's the thing that's different between the show and the movie. I think is that episode ends with Nandor confessing to Guillermo that he knows there's a vampire killer out there, and that he's scared. And would you stay by my coffin till I fall asleep? Yeah. And it's like <laughs> that that little twist of 
you know, undead humanity, right, is is what I think separates the show by and large from the movie. Yeah. The movie is kind of maybe a little bit more harder edged, yeah. uh, definitely looking for laughs, but the the show is kind of taking that uh, uh, Parks and Rec, you know, kind of path in in actually caring about its characters and that yeah. being a little revolutionary. Sure. You know? Yep. Because because you don't want Nandor to to right. get staked at any point. Right. So uh, at this point, we need to bring up Jackie Daytona. <laughs> The breakout <laughs> star of the was, show. Yeah, that was probably the best episode. This yeah, year. I think by far it's the best episode. And it's the thing that drives me nuts about it is I love them best as an ensemble. And this is a Matt Berry centric episode, but oh my god, is it funny? Yeah. <laughs> the the premise is Matt Berry is confronted by another vampire played by Mark Hamill, who, by the way, got his got his part in the show by just tweeting at him saying, "I love your show," and they're like, "Great, you want to do it?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> It's like the perfect synthesis of art yeah. and artist. Like, yeah. I love your show. We love you. Want to do it? Yes! You know, that sort of thing. And uh, uh, basically, uh, um, Matt, uh, Matt Berry's Laszlo character has a debt to another vampire, which turns to be like turns out to be like three months of rent or something. something yeah. I forget what yeah. it is. And so he runs, he flees, and starts his life over as a, a girls' high school volleyball-loving bartender named Jackie Daytona. <laughs> And his disguise, disguise consists of a pair of blue jeans and a match and a, a toothpick. Oh, it's a toothpick. Yeah. And he opens up this thing, his go bag is a pair of blue jeans and a toothpick. And nobody recognizes him. Yeah. Nobody at all, because like later on, Hamill shows up at the bar and he has a long conversation with him, but he doesn't recognize him. He doesn't recognize him because you are obviously a human bartender. What with your toothpick? And it seems to work, and he's got this whole life where he's big on uh, uh, high school girls volleyball. Getting the girls to state. Yeah, getting them to state. He's got a uh, bartender who works for him who has a crush on him. Yep. Um, he plays Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer on the jukebox every night. And I actually heard that song the other day, and it was delightful to learn that it had been ruined for me by this episode. <laughs> I love when that happens. And uh, so he he is going to try to get the girls to state while dealing with this other vampire who wants to come and collect a, collect a bounty from, or collect a, a debt owed. And uh, he winds up paying him off with one of those singing fish because <laughs> he thinks it's magic or it's like, a, I don't know, it's some sorcery or something. Yeah, when I make my list of the 10 things that got me through the entire COVID uh, situation, the scene where Mark, where Jackie Daytona is made and he removes the toothpick and Mark Hamill looks and goes, oh, it's you. That, that was, that's going to be in the top 10 somewhere. That scene just made my week. It was yep. the best. Yeah. <sighs> that course, yeah, that's the same episode like, where Lazzle's off and Colin starts hitting on Nadia, which is, <laughs> which is a thing all of itself. <laughs> Nadia's got a soul call. Yeah, right. That's from the ghost episode earlier because like they're trying to make peace. Like Nandor's trying to make peace with his horse. <laughs> And and um, uh, Laszlo's trying to make peace with himself, and they basically jerk each other. Yeah. Oh God, I remember off. that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was an uncomfortable episode for the family to watch. I'll bet it was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, witches was a little too, but it had the the immortal, oh the milking the milking yeah, the immortal two line. Hey, there's a goat over there. <laughs> and what kind of goat sorcery is this? <laughs> and that got us through those two episodes pretty handily, I think. But even now, hey, there's a goat over there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Love that bit. So, all right, uh, let's go around the horn. Favorite character? Do you have one or is it is it too close to call? 
<laughs> oh man, I stumped him. How about this? And you can't say Laszlo. <laughs> to be honest with you, if it weren't for the Jackie Daytona episode, he would be probably my least favorite character because he's the Matt Berry one note, you know, which sure. is fine. It's a great note. It's a fantastic song, but he only sings the one, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, after I got my sister turned on to the show, she she sent me a um, a collection of bits he had done from a show called Snuffbox. Had you ever heard of it? No. no. It was Matt Berry and Rich Fulcher, who is a uh, comedian and virtuoso guitar player, really interesting dude. But the entire uh, setup for this compilation that she sent me was Matt Berry helping women and being very chivalrous, finding out that they have a boyfriend and then dropping whatever he was doing and leaving. So so the joke was, he's helping a woman carry a fish tank. She's like, oh, thank you. I'm moving you with my boyfriend. Fuck you. Crash. And, away. and it happened like six or seven times in a row. And it was very funny. Of course, Matt Berry from the IT crowd. Uh, there might not be a better entrance in all of pop culture than, oh, than, than him running in, knocking over the casket and getting in a, in a slap fight with the priest. <laughs> Well, it was a two where he shoots himself. Yeah. Now, that being said, Matt Berry might be my least favorite character if it weren't for the Jackie Daytona episode, which makes up a lot of ground. Right. To me, the relationship between Nandor and uh, Guillermo is kind of central to the entire show. Sure. It's kind of the engine that runs the show. That's my theory. <sighs> for me, it's like, I, just, I don't know why, but it's Colin Robinson. I don't know what it is about that guy. He just makes me laugh. Because so like, the it's like, so you, know, you know, and that actor is really good and he... And uh, you can relate to him. And like you said, he's he's just like, he seems to be like he's always watching this grand science experiment in the house. Yeah. You know, and um, and sucking on it and sucking on and sucking on the energy when he can, because like I said, there's always going to be plenty of juice there. And uh, like I said, just all the scenes in his office, it's like, oh my God, it's like, I know this person, Mm -hmm. you know, and so (laughs) this person has sucked energy. Right, right. And so. But yeah, no, and again, I think that actor has really got his teeth into it. He gets it. He underplays it beautifully. He does. And yeah, so I said I don't know why, but I think it's Colin Robinson. <laughs> it's hard to choose because they are all great. They really are. But yeah. I just I just love that guy. I think I'm gonna say Nandor. <laughs> I I like his um he always has these like uh, offhand comments that he says almost like under his breath after he tells Guillermo to do something for him yep. or I don't know. I my just, my I favorite like thing about Nandor is the hard ing he puts every time he says this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hard ing, and every time he does it, it cracks yeah, me up. Yeah. Or was it too? Like I said, you get the old familiars in, and they get these like these grand bedrooms, and Guillermo's like stuck in that little shithole <laughs> under the under the, under the stairs and under the stairs. Yeah. And so, like I said, yeah, that that's another again I just mentioned before. It's like I can't believe that character. I actually like that character because yeah. when this first started, it's like, oh, I don't know about this guy. But then as it goes, it's like, he grows, on he grows on you. He really does. Yeah. And then, of course, the end of the second season, which just happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, involved the Vampire Council uh, getting the, basically pinning all of Guillermo's vampire killing on our three main <laughs> Right. <laughs> inviting them to a giant... Uh, um, piece of theater yeah because like at the end of the second season it's like because like they, they've condemned them and so like right, throughout right. the whole season there's like vampire assassins like constantly assaulting the house and then guillermo's like guillermo's clandestinely them. killing them all and they don't have they don't have a clue you yeah. know i love it and so and then the end they, they sucker them into this like grand guignol traveling yes. uh, theater thing 
Théâtre des Vampires. Thank you. And, uh, and of course, it's run by Germain Clement. Right, uh, right, right. Right. And so they're trapped. They're going to kill the three vampires. And then, but then, dun, 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 Guillermo swings in and kills everybody. It kills everybody. Kills like four hundred vampires. Right. Right. It is so good. And the last line of the season is, you know, they were mad at him for not uh, picking up their dry cleaning. Right. Guillermo, do you have something to tell me? <laughs> the vampire hunter, no, about their dry cleaning. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Man, I could go on about this show for a long time, but probably not. <clears throat> oh. But, yeah, so. Um, yeah, no, it was in episode two where um, they find out Elvis is in the basement. You know, I had completely forgotten about that. Elvis was in the basement. Elvis That's Presley's funny. in the basement because they were fighting over the hat from season one. Yeah. That one guy, that one vampire, Nick Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll, yeah. Nick Kroll comes back. Oh, he had a character. He I was the douche on yeah. Parks and Rec. Right. Yeah, right. I can't remember. He had like an Andor the Relentless type of name. He had a, yeah. like a name of uh, something. Because they, they, they burned his yeah. nightclub down and, 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 <laughs> and uh, Lazlo stole his hat. Yep. And he wanted the hat back. It was all an elaborate ruse to get the hat back. And the hat is a cursed hat made of witching. Right. It's like, right. Oh, there's a sucking sound. What is, oh, that's the witch anus on the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they said, yeah, they're going to put him up in the basement and they head down. And there's Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> I turned him in 77. <laughs> Which, to be honest with you, I like that scenario. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah. Cool. Well, so he was, you, wait, wait, wait. He was Simon the Devious. Simon the Devious. Okay. There it is. Right. Yep. I knew it was something, and he had a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's only some online database we could consult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and he had I'm trying some... to, but you guys keep talking. Sorry. You get Sorry. <laughs> yep, Simon the Devious, and I hope they... I hope at the end of the, the second season, okay, so they're going to have to be on the run. I wanted to mention this. They're going to have to be on the run, so where do you think the show's going to go? My hope is, since it's kind of gaining popularity and they greenlit season three, like, really early on, I'm wondering if they're not going to be able to spend some money and go places. Once COVID ends, like like if they're going to be able to like be in in you know Venice for a little while or whatever, like travel around and make a lot of fun I'm of interviews Delaware. with the vampire. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna laugh if it opens up and they're all wearing jeans and they all got toothpicks, <laughs> <laughs> which you probably should. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Say what I uh, that that episode I could go back to it a hundred times, but just the way the bartender loved Jackie Daytona so obviously, and he was so oblivious yep. to it, you know, yep. he's just a great guy. Yes, I am just a human bartender. <laughs> Do you like it, a human alcoholic beverage? Then <laughs> uh, find out these. Oh, I, I just yeah, I just want because there were talks uh, a long time ago of them doing spinoffs from what we do in the shadows about the werewolves. And wasn't there a show you were telling me? Yeah, that, it yeah. was um, paranormal detectives or something. And it was based off the cops from the movie, what we do in the shadows, the ones who came oh, to okay. investigate the house. Sure. Yeah. This is not the body you're looking yeah. for. You know, they totally <laughs> wiped them as they're standing there in front of pizza and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, going, yeah, you know, we, we, we want you to be more careful. You know? <laughs> I would follow around. I would, yeah. I would yep. follow around an episode or two just about that lovelorn girl who found out she was in love with a vampire, and then what happened to her? You know, or just it's just it's very rich. There are or a lot you, of different ways you can go. Or uh, bring back, um, oh, who's that gal in? Um, uh, she's in Booksmart, where they. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Beanie Feldstein. Uh, Beanie Feldstein. I would like yeah. to bring her back too. That was a bear. Nadia turns a college girl who is completely unprepared to be a vampire into right. a vampire. 
and then tries to walk her through her paces. Yeah. And it doesn't go very well. Cause, yeah, because the gist of it was they were trying, Guillermo like rounds up their Dungeons and Dragons club because they figure they're all virgins. Yeah. And so. Which <laughs> is a great joke. <laughs> and then it goes sideways from there as it always yep, does. Yep. Yeah. Bring back Beanie Feldstein yeah. at some point. That yeah. would be awesome. And there's more guest stars too. Just like, just, yeah. yeah. Uh, great show. All yeah. right, so that's our discussion on what we do in the shadows. Hooray! We are going to come back after the guitar noise with uh, with some recommendations, and then uh, uh, look, there's a goat over there. Bye. <laughs> 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 You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back from the guitar noise, and we're going to do some recommendations, things we've been talking about reading, uh, watching, listening to, paying attention to this last two-week period. Uh, who wants to start? He's got a good one. I do. I do. Go. I started watching The Floor is Lava on Netflix. Hey! <laughs> See, now, we did too, and it seemed to me like it was aimed at, like the commentary seemed like it was aimed at kids. Oh. Well, I think it's based on Nickelodeon game days, ah, the games of yore, you know, where the premise is great. Yeah. But I mean, who didn't play the floor as a kid? Um, I have vivid memories of we the did. couch we had to jump on. We only had one couch. Yeah. <laughs> the lava got us all. <laughs> yeah, the the commentary is a bit cheesy and, and stuff, but <laughs> listening to some of the things that the teens say to each other to get him to go across like this is the most important thing in the world you know <laughs> or yelling at them because they're they're you know they're they're like prevaricating or too afraid to make a sure. four-foot jump sure. or something i don't know I, I made it about eight episodes in before i had to give up for the day but um <laughs> i thought it was funny and it That's just good. made me think of those you know with a small kid at the time nickelodeon those shows on nickelodeon were popular i've seen a lot of them oh, yeah. and they're great you know I have been fascinated by Netflix top ten. Have you been paying attention to just some of the it, things yeah. that make it on there? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I said I usually don't pay much attention to. Like, it, okay, the one that got me was there's a Gaspar No who I have no love for, but a movie that Gaspar No made called Love that basically opens with a very explicit sex scene, complete with you know full nudity and and unsimulated sex and orgasms and the whole thing, and it was like number eight or seven or six on Netflix for like a month. And I read an article where someone's saying, yeah, kids are home. Kids have Netflix. Kids found porn on Netflix. What's the big, you know, why are you surprised that this happened? I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes all sorts of sense. The only problem with it is then they have to watch a Gasper No movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So uh, I'm fascinated by that top ten because it's largely broken down. You can see ethnic, er, uh, ethnic lines there. Mm-hmm. You can see movies or er, movies and shows that are ga- that are uh, aimed at specific ethnic groups. You can find, you know, that kids are watching porn, and then you see stuff that works and doesn't work for Netflix. And I find it fascinating. Hmm. I'll pay more attention to it. I, <laughs> I see like the first five, you know, before I'm scrolling yeah. down to look at them, watch it again. Yeah, I'll be frankly honest. I canceled Netflix. Ah. I don't. 
I don't, yeah, I just, I just didn't watch it enough. And it's like, why are you paying for this? And so I sort of have a back door in through someone else if I want to get back in, but it's like, just out of curiosity, what streamings do you have right now? I only have like Amazon Prime and YouTube right now, or Disney Plus, because I yeah. keep thinking I'm going to get rid of Disney Plus, but it's like, no, I want to see The Mandalorian, and, and if they ever release those Marvel shows, there's a couple that I kind of want to see. Man, they, they, yeah. Uh, wasn't Cal, wasn't uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier supposed to come out in July? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, the, the, yeah, but I don't think they were quite done shooting it yet, because they were shooting in Puerto Rico, and then they had the, the storm or an earthquake or something, so that yep. messed that up, and then, of course, the nonsense that shall not be named... And so that's delayed. And like I said, yeah, the one I really want to see is WandaVision. That's the one that's, yeah, that, that, looks it's, like, that looks crazy. And so yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. So right. I can't What's your it. recommendation, Chad? Floor's lava. Uh, yeah. Well, like I said, in, in these dark times, I finally trying to get my act together and, you know, watch some films that I probably should have watched already, but haven't yet. And um, one of them was Don't Look Now by Nicholas Rogue. Uh, Donald Sutherland and I have seen that movie. I like that and movie. boy howdy, that is a mind screw and a half. That is a corker. I like that. And because it's just it's really good because um, you know people talk you know like um, where like certain genres started and then and also like where they ended, and you know you get into those like, weird continental thrillers you know like the Jolly and Baba and Argento and all those guys. To me, it's like I think this movie is kind of where that ended, the first wave of it. Because you know, there's that there's the the, the the two kooky old ladies who are sort of psychic, right? And Donald Sutherland is sort of psychic because that's like this whole thing. He's like he's getting premonitions through the whole thing. And you don't even realize it. Yeah, who's the, the girl? Is Julie Christie? Right? Julie Christie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that was like I said, I had an impromptu Julie Christie double feature. And I didn't even realize it, but yeah, um, Don't Look Now is really good. It is. It's it's very creepy. It's a very slow burn, and um, you know the the gist of it is this couple they're in um, in Italy. He's restoring this old church. And they lost their daughter tragically, and um, he's kind of having these strange visions. And by the time the audience and him kind of piece it together, it's too late. And so, and it's really good. And um, the other one I watched, it, 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 can I, can I absolutely as well? That, absolutely. That was the, and I hate to keep going back to this theme, but uh, there was the rumor that has since been confirmed that that was unsimulated sex as well, because Sutherland and Christie were a couple at that point. Okay. And uh, there was like a whole bunch of talk that the sex scene in that movie was the real deal. And hey, turns out later on, Donald Sutherland's like, yes, I'm hawking orange juice. And yeah, that was the real deal. You know? <laughs> and, so, and then the other one I watched was Hal Ashby Shampoo. I had never I had never seen Shampoo before. I don't think I've seen that either, but I've heard a lot about it. It is really good. It's like, um, uh, it's basically Once Upon a Time in Hollywood before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a wonderful... That was Warren Beatty. Yeah. Warren Beatty yeah. and uh, Hal Ashby directed it. And, Hal, and Warren Beatty is like a, 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 a hairstylist. And he's basically um, sleeps with anything that moves. And it's like it's the story is between him and like these three other women. And they're all kind of interconnected. And the, the, the cast is great. Jack Warden's hysterical in it. And it's like Lee Grant, Julie Christie, uh, Goldie Hawn. Excuse me. <coughs> And it's just like the snapshot is like right when Nixon was getting elected. The soundtrack is killer. And it's just this perfect like time capsule of a certain place in time, like in, in, in Los Angeles. And there's like this great drug party and everything. And it's just, it's just, it's really good. And it's one of these things. It's like, why haven't you watched this before? Yeah. You know? And it's, and it's like, so, so yeah, so I'm just kind of going through like these old, you know, movies you should see before you die kind of thing. So I'm doing that. And on top of that, I saw another, this is a newer one, it's called Sea Fever, and uh, I think this was made in England, 
and uh, it's kind of like the bay. You remember the bay? I remember the bay. Okay. The bay was excellent. The bay was excellent, and it gets a little gooey. And the gist of this was it's like a, a fishing trawler that uh, this scientist lady is latched onto them because they're kind of doing these ecological studies. And, you know, things are bad in the ocean right now. And, and the, the gist of it is they get attacked by, like, a giant Portuguese man of war that has never been documented before. And... um it leaves this goo everywhere, and it leaves like parasitic eggs. And the parasitic eggs get in your body, and they get in your eyes, and your eyes essentially burst, and then more, more things come out. <laughs> and so the ship's infected, and it's like, so we can't go back because we're infected. You know, we're going to kill the world if we go back. And then, of course, drama from there on out. It's pretty good. Sea Fever, its brand is like, I think that's 2019. Okay, so it's a new one. It is brand new. So highly recommended on that one, too. Cool. Well, I've got two that... Uh... One of them is, why didn't you ever tell me about the villain? <laughs> Have you seen the villain? I've seen the villain. The villain is... I made, I dra made my mom, I dragged my mom to the theater to see that. Oh, my God. So, the villain is, is uh, directed, I can't think of his name right now. Hal Needham. Hal Needham, yeah. Hal Needham directed it, in between Cannibal Run movies, basically. Yeah. And it's a, it's basically a live-action Western Looney Tunes starring yeah, so it's a, it's Schwarzenegger a, and... It's a Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote cartoon, basically. Oh, my God. I, I, I finished the, that book a while back and yeah. had put it on my list and saw it on some streaming service. I'm like, yeah, I'll give that. What a wacky freaking movie. Yeah, I think that movie works better in a crowd. The thing is, I remember um, when I was a kid and I saw it, I wasn't real impressed. But again, I was like eight. Yeah. And well, I don't know. It should have been right up your alley. <laughs> it should have been. Like, the commercials were hysterical. And I was very excited to go in there. And I remember dragging my mom to it. And like, like halfway through it, I was like, can we go home? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, uh, and it's like, no, we're staying, mister. You wanted to be in. It's like, okay. But <laughs> we're watching this. Yeah, and I think I think they played at a B Fest a few years ago and it went over like gangbusters. Oh, so it's one of these things I think it'd be better in a crowd. And again, I think maybe I need to see it again. But uh, no, like I said, I remember the commercials for it. I remember going to see it in the theater and I remember I think laughing twice. But uh <laughs> but yeah, like I said, and like Schwarzenegger's in it and Margaret's in it. Yes, and, and Kirk Douglas is, yep. is the villain. Yep. We, we I think we need uh, cocktails in the villain night because yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is like dropping, dropping a, a, I don't, I don't even know, man, yeah. like like a turd in the pesto or something. Yeah. He's just, he's just. Why is he in this yeah. movie and why is he doing these things? Yeah, you know, because he, he's the, the white hat. Yeah, he's the white hat, but he also is at the the thickest accent he'd had and was like yeah. as big as he ever was. So, yeah, like this that's giant, back when they were still dubbing him over. Yeah, this is before, uh, before Conan, right? Pre Conan, because or Hercules in New York. Yeah, because Hal Needham says in his book. That uh, Schwarzenegger came to him, handed him the script to uh, to uh, Conan uh, the Conan the Barbarian, and said, "Would you be interested in directing it?" And he said, "No, I don't do sword and sandals." Mm -hmm. Of course, Hal Media made a lot of claims in that book. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure many of them are BS. Well, it could but be, you know. Anyway. Just hell of a stuntman. Anyway. Yeah, hell of a stuntman, and and yeah. Anyway, so the villain and the other thing I want to recommend is Karina Longworth is back with her. You must remember this podcast, and she's doing a uh, a special. Um, series called Polly Platt, The Invisible Woman. Have you listened to that? I've been of listening. This? I've been listening to that too. Yeah. So good. I think I'm one episode shy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the episode where she basically introduced Matt Groening to uh, uh, James L. Brooks and created The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it basically it's a story of a woman in Hollywood not getting any of the due for the many yeah. many things that she did very very well. Well, it, it too, it was like one of the best things about that. It's like how you know Bogdanovich's career kind of went to shit after. Yeah. They broke up. And it's really funny because um, I saw a trailer. He was married to Bogdanovich. Right, Peter yeah. Bogdanovich. And they, and they, worked, they made some movies fantastic together. movies together. And then when they broke up, 
I don't think either career really recovered, yeah. you know, because like they were so much, moon, so yeah. much better together than they were apart. And, um, and then, and two, and it's like, cause I like Peter Bogdanovich's movies, but it's like, you're beginning to learn, you know, as a person, it's like, he's a bit of a cad. Yeah. And, um, because you watch the trailer for what's up doc. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. It's not about the movie. It's not about, the characters. I'm Peter Bogdanovich. I'm Peter Bogdanovich, and he keeps because it's all. It was all about him. It's like the ego on that guy yeah. is incredible. It was not good. Yeah. But it's a fascinating listen, and uh, I I can't recommend it enough yeah. because I was a little initially reluctant to kind of listen to it. It's like I I have no no emotional connection yeah. to those movies, and, uh, and be honest, well, yeah. my favorite Bogdanovich movie might be Target. Exactly. You know. That's one of the, that's one of the reasons I knew it because like I said, Targets is one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. And um, it was those guys basically winging it with Corman. And it was good enough that, you know, Corman basically says, you know, if you can't anybody, I'll, I'll distribute it. But this is too good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, go try somewhere else. And they did. And, of course, it really helps, too, when you got Sammy Fuller working on your script. Yeah, that never For hurt. free, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but just the – and she was a problematic person, too. She was an alcoholic oh, yeah. and yeah. kind of an absentee mother and, like, yeah. a lot of other things. But just her story. Yeah, no saints. Happen. No saints in no the story saints, at all. It's, yeah. a, it's a very good story. And – Man, uh, she has some great firsthand accounts to uh, Polly Platt's children yeah. and uh, the Bad News Bears, you know, yep. some, of the, some yep. of the stuff on that. And, and it's just a fascinating podcast to listen. So if yep. you like film at all, uh, the current season of You Must Remember This. Oh, I know. Fantastic. I said, yeah, I think um, it was really funny because, you know, right when everything blew up nationally you know, on the racial thing, I was in the middle of listening to the um, uh, Song of the South. Episode. Oh, oh, yeah, she she did a a, a great on, deep dive on on, <laughs> on passive aggressive racism in this country throughout the years and how well, that movie not so passive not aggressive, really, not so passive aggressive. <laughs> but it's just funny how the film kept kind of coming back depending on who was president, you know that kind of thing, you know, yeah. or who was in yeah. charge, and it just and it's like I said that that gal knows what she's doing, and like I said that's an excellent excellent podcast to listen to. Yeah, her bit on Song of the South was great. Her bit on Manson was great, yep. and the Polly Platt one. If yeah. she decides to do one on dirt, I'm going to follow sure. her. Sure, yeah. Know? She's got a really good one on Lugosi and Karloff, too. She does. That's, yeah. that's another really good one. Yep. So, like I said, yeah, it's a, it's kind of all over, and it's just, yeah, she does her research, and that, that to me, that's that's like that's like crack cocaine to me, and it's like you get into the nuts and bolts and everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm in. Yep. So, yeah, no, I've been listening to that, too. Like I said, I don't think I've listened to the last one yet, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, so. the last one is is about up the current day. I think she's got one more after this. Okay. It doesn't sound like things end well for good old Polly, but no. you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's our episode this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks where uh, where we will do some deep dives into some uh, uh, some drive-in material that we've been <laughs> we've been consuming. Uh, just to put it out there, uh, Chad Plombeck is not a fan of Hamilton, so we'll put that up there just in case. I never want, said just that. In case you want to want to send him an email. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Didn't you call it a, uh, a Simpsons parody brought to life? It is a Simpsons parody brought to life, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Where the hell are you going with that? So we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world. You've been listening to The Atomic Weight of Cheese, where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema. 
You can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com, follow us on Twitter at A-W-O-C podcast, see us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atomicweightofcheese, or shoot us an email at atomicweightofcheese at gmail.com. We love your feedback.